0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Healthcare Provider Happy Hour. I'm your host, Jennifer George, and I'm joining you today with Magic Barclay. Magic is a functional health coach, the lead practitioner at Holistic Natural Health Australia, and the host of the podcast, A Magical Life, Health, Wealth, and Weight Loss. Magic's life changed when she faced multiple life-threatening conditions. She then decided to find the root cause of her health issues that set her on a path of life-changing learning. She's now empowering and helping others to do the same. In this episode, we chat about her story, we chat about the power of joining forces in the healthcare communities, and we also chat about how we as a collective of healthcare providers can take care of ourselves, preserve our self-care so that we can better help those we serve each and every day. You don't want to miss this episode. Grab your drink of choice and join us. Hi, Magic. Welcome to the show. Hi.
1: Thanks. Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: It's so nice to have you here. And I so appreciate you doing this at 8 a.m. in Australia in um, accommodating. My pleasure. Thanks for being so accommodating to my evening schedule. Um, So I'm so glad you're here. I'm so um, happy to learn more about your story. Like you have an incredible story and you're, you know, a health practitioner as well. So we'll get into that too and how it all ties together. So do you mind sharing your journey and kind of where things have started for you and how it's inspired where you are now? No
1: problem. So I guess my journey was born from need. You know, my own need to stay alive. I'd been diagnosed with multiple chronic conditions, pretty much given 12 months to live. And that wasn't good enough. The mainstream medical situation was not working for me. It, in fact, caused more problems. And so I really threw myself into learning how to listen to the body, how to see what a root cause is and what that means for our health down the road. And so out of that, I joined up with some other practitioners to create Holistic Natural Health Australia, and that's exactly what we do. We look at root cause. And I'm happy to say that the 12 months I was given to live was seven years ago. So,
0: wow. Yeah, here I am. (laughs) Incredible. So when when this happened to you, were you in health like in healthcare at that time? I wasn't. No, no, I was actually
1: in fitness. Believe it or not, oh, okay. I was in fitness. So I'd had a health history that saw me get super morbidly obese. So to explain visually to the listeners what that looks like, I was the blueberry girl from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with these tiny hands, tiny feet, huge central body, right? And I kept getting told it's because you don't eat well, it's because you don't exercise. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll eat well. And I will exercise. Not only did I exercise, I became addicted to it, so I started my own gym. But my health still wasn't right. So I was doing everything that mainstream said I had to do because it was all my fault and something wasn't right. ended up selling the gym off and having to move, Mm -hmm. divorce, all that kind of thing and my weight came back. It flooded back. And I thought, well, I haven't changed what I'm eating. And I'm still exercising, probably not all day like I was, but still exercising. I was doing three hour a day gym sessions. And here I was in the space of a couple of months, you know, 25 kilos came back. And so it's about 50 pounds.
0: Right. That's a lot. Like that's real. Yeah. Yeah. That's significant.
1: Exactly. So what was going on like what was wrong I'm doing everything they said I should do and from a fitness standpoint everything I knew what I should do right and it was these chronic health conditions and they'd been the underlying cause the whole time Mm -hmm. so you know that's why you get told you know you've got 12 months because you've left it this long well I didn't even know it was there I had no idea what was going on
0: Right. I found I find it so interesting. I did a podcast with this is a good follow up to that with Christina Castanini. I think, um, saying her name right. I hope her last name. Um, but she's a psychologist who focuses on helping those with eating disorders. And I, when you said that you had you were overweight, um, and obese, I should say. Um, and they just basically said to eat eat well in exercise, it was like a presumption that you weren't. And then when the weight came back, even you yourself reflecting that back at yourself, you're like, but I'm doing everything they said. <laughs> but even though it might not have had any merit at the time, right? They didn't realize that your health, there were more underlying issues. So I guess what I'm at. So I guess what I want to know is, is how do you define the root cause? Like, how do you define a root cause issue? Like, obviously, you had to come to that yourself. And yeah, what was that like? Trying to figure out
1: Yeah. Look, it's not easy. I have to say it's not easy. So there's actually 13 systems of the body and they all work intertwined. They all work with each other. No system works alone. And my good friend, friend, Dr. Perry Nicholson, always says that no system works alone. He also says the body has absolutely no obligation to make any sense to you whatsoever.
2: Mm, So as long as you know
1: that, and you respect it for the complex thing that it is, you can find root cause. So, for me, it was a matter of looking at all the symptoms. So, weight gain mm-hmm. was only a symptom, right? You mentioned eating disorders. Well, I had had one previously. So, I then looked at why did I go from looking like olive oil to going to looking like the blueberry girl? You know, so they're extremes. Yeah. If you look at the pictorial reference there. Mm -hmm. But there was something, the commonality that tied both those extremes together. And that was my lack of sense of self. So, what is the root cause of that? Well, diving into it, I'd had untreated pathogens, Mm -hmm. things that from my childhood Mm
2: -hmm. I
1: could always remember getting UTIs or an itchy ear. Or, you know, there, there was a lot of things. So there was candida there that was right. unaddressed. Now, okay. if I ask mainstream medicine about candida, they'll tell me it's candida albicans. But there's actually 470 types of candida. Oh. So why is one getting blamed for everything? Right. And they all work differently, right? right? So there was that. There was viral load. I was being told I had antibodies to things like chickenpox, I'd never actually remembered having chicken pox. So when did I get exposed to that? When did I activate that in my cells? And is it still there? So I started looking at all of these things. I knew I had Epstein-Barr virus. Unfortunately, I had it while I was pregnant. so Both my kids were born Mm. with it as well. That was untreated. Mm -hmm. When I started looking at what Epstein-Barr does, and for the listeners, it's, probably the virus we all need to actually be worried about in the world because, and I'm sorry to say the V word like that, but Mm -hmm. Epstein-Barr, 95% of the population have it. It's also known as mononucleosis or mono. It's glandular Mm -hmm. fever here in Australia. It is nasty and it loves your organs. So guess where it hides? Hides in really nutrient Dense, really vibrant organs like your thyroid, like your liver.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? And what are the most common cancers? Thyroid cancer, liver cancer, lung cancer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's where you'll find Epstein bar.
0: So did you do you recall actually experiencing the acute and acuity of Epstein Barr? Like do you or are you just like how? I guess what what I'm wondering too is how did you come to this? Like who did you connect with? Who, if if uh, mainstream healthcare was kind of not there to support where you were going, who was and who did you turn to? And how did you know? Like at what point did you decide to do that too? Magic like for Great, somebody-
1: great questions. Yeah. And let me address them one by one.
0: <laughs> Sorry, they're all coming at me at once. No,
1: that's okay. So I didn't know about epstein bar until yep. I got my cancer diagnosis, right? Wow. And unfortunately, I had to have surgery. I was kind of forced by the the family court here in Australia to have my surgery. I didn't want to. I wanted to go completely natural, even mm. though they said, you've got 12 months. I went, yep, I've got this. I can do this. I can learn this. Mm. But I had the surgery. I didn't have chemo or radiation because I really drew the line at putting something in that to me, you know, it kills things. So why am I putting it in? Like it could kill me instead of the cancer, you know. So I started researching. One of the symptoms of my cancer was this fatigue where I couldn't even stand up to cook dinner for the kids.
2: Mm.
1: I had to get them to bring a dining chair to the kitchen and I'd sit at the stove and cook. Mm. I had no energy whatsoever this had been happening for a while so even while I had my gym and I was training right in between training and when I had other personal trainers working there I would go to my office and sleep on the floor Mm. and I thought that was just because you know I'm running a business and I'm a mom and you know doing a second job and whatever and I don't get to sleep very well at home I had all the excuses as to why I was so tired all the time but I didn't know what it was so fast forward, I find out through diving into Dr. Google, got to love mm. it, but no one else would give me the answers. Right? So I, I looked at chronic fatigue and I didn't tick all the boxes for chronic fatigue. Okay. I looked at all the goings on and then I dove into one word and that was thyroid. Mm. And I came across lots of people like Dr. Isabella Wentz, Dr. Eric Berg, and I looked at, Everything they were talking about, and they were talking about this thing called Epstein-Barr. And I found Anthony William, the medical medium, and I started doing all his courses, and Mm. he was talking about this thing called Epstein-Barr. So I went and got a blood test, and it showed I was positive. So I looked at my kids and, you know, like, gee, they like to sleep till lunchtime, and, you know, even when they're up, they're not really up. They're kind of just there. Yeah. And so I got their blood test done. Yeah. And they both had Epstein Barr. And then I looked back at their histories and I went, wow, their whole lives, they've been telling me how tired they are. You know, they get these aches and pains. When they get a cold, it seems to last for a week instead of two days. What's going on here? And so I looked at what Epstein Barr does. And You know, we ticked all the boxes Mm -hmm. for all of them, and here we had a blood test that said, yes, you've had it.
0: I confirmed that.
1: So what Epstein-Barr does is it just pulls the strings, but it hides from your immune system, and it does that in these areas where your body does not want your immune system to become overactive. One of those places is the thyroid. So here I was with stage four thyroid and lymph node cancer. And guess what was hiding in there? EBV. Good old EBV, very trustworthy, very predictable, because that's where it loves to be.
0: So you were really like putting this together.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I was picking up the pieces of information and putting it all together. And so what I did was I timelined everything. And that was really tough for me. And I realized that, you know, when I was a child, things were there in my history.
0: Mm.
1: Now, no doctor had ever asked me what happened when
0: you were three. Right. I was just going to say, they usually ask about your medical history, but they don't ask about your childhood history, like as an adult necessarily, right? And they'll ask about family history, but maybe not so much about our childhood. I just realized that. I don't think I've ever been asked that.
1: Exactly. Right. So
0: here I am,
1: doctor magic for herself basically (laughs) and going okay well all these problems are kind of in the rear vision mirror now but why did they happen yeah and you know how do I future-proof myself my health my body and you know my role as a mum and you know friend and the whole thing like how do I future proof this well I need to go back I need to look at this history so I actually learned about a system of the body called the PNEI system. So, for listeners, what that is is psychoneuroendoimmunology, right? Mm-hmm. And just as it as it suggests, remember I said all the systems of the body are linked; no system works alone. These four systems stick together. Okay. And so, what was happening when I was three was creating an emotional response or so a psycho response okay so psycho refers to the limbic system which is it begins in the center of your brain so you have your reptilian brain or your hind brain senses danger it sends messages to the limbic center of the brain which makes it mean something Mm -hmm. and then you go to your logical brain where you create a supposition or an action so things that were happening when i was little We're creating these memory-based emotions. So as things started popping up later in life, I went straight back to those emotions, right? So I had no sense of self. This is where this is coming from. Mm -hmm. So what then happens is the limbic system sends messages to your nervous system, so neuro, right? So this, for people, what this pops up as is, random pain, random nerve pain, impinged nerves, you know, reactions to certain things, you know, your your nervous system puts you into a flight, which also doubles back to your limbic system. So you Mm -hmm. make that mean something as well. Mm -hmm. And so then the neural system, because that's your messenger system, it takes messages all around your body and you've got nerves right through your body, right? So this then says to your hormonal system or your endocrine system, you're not feeling safe right now. There's this message coming through. So, you know, here's the emotion. Here's the message. Now let's change the hormone profile to keep you alive because everything your body does is to keep you alive. Mm-hmm. Okay. It never wants to work against you,
0: even though it wants it you o- to be alive, even though it owes us nothing, like Dr. Perry said, and can be yeah. complicated. No. It, it's still, it's fundamentally, though, there to help keep us in survival totally. mode at least. Okay.
1: doesn't care if you like how you're surviving, right, but right. as long as
0: you're surviving. You know? Right, exactly. <laughs> okay, got you, got you. <laughs>
1: so here's the endocrine system jumping in. Now what is one big central part of the endocrine system is your thyroid, Yeah, right, because it regulates your hormones. So when that's under attack from a, an EBV or whatever or, you know, a, a herpes virus or anything, and these are viruses that are out there the whole time, like most of the population have them, mm. right? So, your endocrine system is affected. So, we've got our emotional, so our psycho, we've got our neuro, which is the nervous system, and now the endocrine system is coming in. But if the endocrine system comes in and works long enough, your immune system, the big dog on the block, comes in and says, I sense danger here there's too much insulin, there's too much T4, there's too much TSH, there's too much cortisol. I mean, these are all different hormones, right? Mm -hmm. So the immune system says you have to stay alive. The host must be alive. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to create an autoimmune or several autoimmunes called polyautoimmunity, and I am just going to make the body, slow down because I sense danger and I can't take care of it. So the immune system in itself is a complex being, but it can react
2: mm-hmm. to a
1: whole lot of things. Now, of all the systems of the body, you know, people ask me which one's my favourite. Yeah, It's hard. It's either the lymphatic system which takes all your waste and keeps you alive. There's a theme here. Stick with me.
0: Okay.
1: (laughs) I'm with (laughs) you. Or it's your PNEI system, so that's a whole lot of them together, which want to keep you alive, right? Right. So that's how they work together. And then there's the immune system, which guess what? wants to keep you alive. Yeah. It wants to keep you from danger. But the immune system is actually five types of immune system. Hmm. And this is what mainstream medical, they know about it. Do they have time to focus on it? No, they don't. So in mainstream media and in mainstream discussion, community discussions, we don't hear how amazing the immune system is. We hear that maybe it needs help or maybe we need to do something or maybe we need to be scared of something because our immune system might not cope. But here's how complex it actually is, right? So you're born with your innate immune system. That's all your barriers. So it's your skin, it's your digestive system, so your gut lining. It's all all your barriers, your blood-brain barrier, um, your nasal passages, you know, your private parts. They're all part of your innate immune system.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Now, its job is to detect within a few days, a threat, a danger. Now, this word keeps popping up, and Mm -hmm. for a reason. If the innate immune system cannot handle that, it calls in the acquired immune system. Now, most of us sit at a TH3 acquired immune system, which is a neutral system. And TH3, he's a bit like the conductor of the orchestra. Now, he's got his little conductor sticks. I don't know what their real name is, but conductor sticks mm-hmm. and he goes there's a pathogen there's a threat that the innate hasn't taken care of so I am going to put you in a th1 system type which is infection fighting it's anabolic sorry it's catabolic it breaks things down it has to break down the pathogen it has to break down the threat so you get things like you know aches and pains fevers sweats mm-hmm. You're in there for a few days and then you get back to normal. So you're back to TH3, right? Or maybe we need to be pregnant. So we have to go to TH2, which is anabolic, which is building, which is nurturing because if we don't, the immune system sees the fetus as a threat, as a pathogen,
2: mm.
1: right? So we have to build. We have to nurture. Now there's a lot of things that other things that drive TH2 other than pregnancy and some of that is you know parasites injecting things to help your immune system i'll just say that uh they're all th2 drivers right because if you're injecting something you don't want to break it down so you need to be building it up so once we're out of th2 we're supposed to jump back to th3 now here's the problem we can get stuck in th1 or th2 right And if we get stuck in Th1 long enough, we go to a system called Th17, and that's your broken barriers system. So your innate immune system is broken down. Now you're in Th17. What that looks like is things like psoriasis and eczema and Parkinson's and Alzheimer's, all broken barriers. Okay, Crohn's, that's a Th17 presentation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So the immune system is Wonderful. It is supposed to jump in and out of those acquired immune systems as you need it, but not to get stuck there. So going back to my story, looking at my history, I could see I'd been stuck in Th1 for a long time and then I got pregnant, so I jumped to Th2, and then I got stuck there too. Mm -hmm. So my body kept building. I couldn't fight infections because Th2, you don't, I still had the infections, which is mm-hmm. why I'd been stuck in TH1 earlier in my life, to fight those infections that I didn't know I had. Mm-hmm. Now here I was, I couldn't fight them, but I was stuck. My conductor had put his sticks down and gone for a coffee break in mm-hmm. TH3, and he wasn't doing any work. Yeah. Right? Thank goodness I didn't jump to TH17.
2: Yeah.
1: There we go. So this is stuff that we're not taught mainstream. Right. And this is stuff i started learning right now the common thread here was i was learning all this science stuff and that was great right and i'm getting answers that i didn't have before but the whole time i was reading through my history there was two things that jumped out the first was i didn't have a sense of self that's how the eating disorders and then the being obese jumped in and you know poor marriage and terrible friendships and, you know, the whole thing. I had no sense of self, Mm -hmm. okay. And the second thing was I had no plateau of self-care. I was everything for everyone else the whole time. And this is why my immune system reacted and this is why my PNEI chain reacted and this is, you know, why my lymphatics reacted and this was why I ended up with chronic illness was I did everything for everyone else so, the whole uh, time?
0: So, as a as um, a fitness instructor, as someone who coached others, essentially, um, did you did you speak of self care? Did you talk like is this something that you educated others on? And just obviously, it, it goes deeper, maybe right? Because as you as you put the pieces together for your own self, um, because you had to really did that. Like, was was it just something you were Educating but just not doing for yourself? Was that the way it was going? Or no. did did you just only know a fraction of what you knew, obviously? No. We don't know what we don't I, know. I right? only
1: knew a fraction, so I only knew what the fitness world taught me. So
0: is that and unfortunately
1: that, wasn't enough. that was no, it was about 25 years behind the eight ball. Right. We were still teaching people as fitness instructors when I had the gym to eat a diet that, you know. 25 years ago might have been okay but not what we know about the body now.
0: And we're talking and like 7 years ago, right? Maggie? Yeah, and this like you know what I'm saying that ago. that's not that long ago really. Like science, no, you know, no. I know it changes and evolves but part of it is what we don't know or what we're not exposed to to so or taught, right? Yeah.
1: So, yeah. So I was not teaching self-care mm. because in my mind all I knew of self-care was, you know, eat better and exercise. Right. That's all I knew. Yeah. So, you know, going on this journey for the past seven years and, you know, really looking at what self-care is, you can have the best self-care regime in the world. You can be meditating. You can be so mindful that, you know, the fluff in your belly button and you are best friends. Right. (laughs) And I do meditate, don't get me wrong. Right. But if you do not have a sense of self, self self-care cannot happen. And I think a lot of us now, you know, we've become everything to everyone else, a bunch of labels. Like if you'd asked me seven years ago, hey, Magic, who are you? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'm a mum, and am a business owner, and I'm an ex-wife, and, you know, I'm a friend and I'm a community advocate and an animal advocate. Yeah, but who are you?
0: Yeah. That's no, I'm you-
1: all those things. Right. And, you know, this can go on, but who are you? I couldn't have told you.
0: So, Magic, who are you? <laughs> Can you I'm tell me today? <laughs> <laughs> because honestly, like everything you answered there rhetorically was who you are to somebody else.
1: Yeah. Not and that's to. It. I wasn't anything to myself. So, who no. am I today? Well, I am a wonderfully warm person who is connected to nature. I am so in tune with my surroundings. And, you know, I grow my own food because I really respect my body and so I want to put the right nutrients in and I'm an, a lover of nutrients and I understand what they're doing for my body and I'm an acceptor of my lymphatic system for for all its faults. I have lymphedema, so, you know, yeah. Yeah. but I'm an acceptor of what my body's doing. And on the outside I may be a little bit fluffier or chunkier than you know, society would want me to be. But on the inside, I'm a powerhouse of strength and I'm a survivor. And I'm someone who respects every scar and every diagnosis and every label put onto me because I know what I mean. And that's who I am.
0: Love that. So fierce, yet so beautiful. Love (laughs) that. Love that. So in terms of your practice, I I feel like I, (laughs) I'm glad I led with that, with who you are right now, right? Um, What do you do for your practice? Okay. Okay. (laughs) Because I don't think it (laughs) necessarily defines who you are. So what do you do now? Because you were in fitness and obviously through your own story and your own journey of recovery and remission. Are you in remission now, Magic? Yeah, totally. 100%. Awesome. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So yeah, what do you do now for others who come into your, your, Your services.
1: Sure. Well, I'm the lead practitioner of Holistic Natural Health Australia, and what I do with the team. is I look at root cause. So someone comes to me, we are getting to fill out a lovely intake form, 17 pages. I was just going
0: to say, I'm sure it's super long. <laughs> it is. <Okay. laughs> yeah.
1: Try not to add to it, but sometimes it happens. <laughs> so I get these 17 pages and it's called a root cause analysis. And the team and I look at that and we find the root cause. And then we jump on a call with people And it's usually 45 minutes to an hour and we go through what we found. And that's all, you know, free, complimentary, obligation-free, we give you some answers because I wanted those answers and that's what I had to find for myself. Right. So we do that and we find the root cause and we see what exactly is happening. We get a full history, a full timeline, and then we can explain where you're at now. So we do that through a lot of research, a lot of education, ongoing education pretty much every day. And uh, once we've done that, we work with people in consultation. So we actually work fully remotely now with Mm. um, the way the world's changed. We've actually closed our clinics and that's actually opened up the world to us and been able to help so many more people. And What we do in the consultations is we direct you through natural ways of helping heal that root cause, right? So we do use a little bit of diet, but food's not the be-all and Mm end-all. We do use a little bit of supplementation, but only when we can't find a natural source. So mainly we use natural source. We might ask you to have some herbs, Uh, We might ask you to use essential oils. In fact, we will ask you to use essential oils because they're antimicrobial and they have a multitude of uses. And so, you know, we'll just re-educate you on how to do things. And depending on which package size we think you should have, you know, we have a different timeline of how to do that. But we generally see within 30 days a big turnaround, And, you know, we obviously we use um, coaching practices and counselling practices as well. So we address that PNEI system as well. So we're really cutting things off. So whatever happened when you were one, two, three, born, 15, whatever it was, we're going to really stop that completely impacting your future. Because it doesn't need to, it needs to be left where it is. And we've got the techniques to help you do that. So we don't have, you know, a standard, well, hey, here's my package and this is the price it's going to be. We really go by what we find on that root cause analysis because every person is different and, you know, a lot of people have a lot of self-care practices already in place. We might just need to tweak those. And then a lot of people are coming from, where I was from mainstream thinking, and they're a blank canvas. You know, mm-hmm. they've got so much to learn, so much to soak up. And that's exciting watching that change. And we see it in their health, and we see it in how they feel about themselves and their relationships. And, you know, I'll give you a quick example here. Mm-hmm. I actually had a lady come to me not long ago, and, you know, she did the root cause analysis form. And we looked at everything and I could see what was going on. Now, she was on a couple of medications that were contraindicating each other. So one did one thing and the other cancelled out what the first thing did. So it didn't really make sense. She was in a pretty dire situation. And uh, so what happened was we did the root cause analysis call. And at the end of it, I sent her a lovely email and I said, I can't work with you. I cannot help you at the moment. I need you to go back to your specialist, go back to your doctor. Here's why. Here's the mechanism of action of these two medications that you're on. And this is the side effects of both of those medications. And here's the links to the publications where I've got all this information. I want you to go back to your specialist and ask why. Why am I on two things that are contraindicating each other with these side effects which are what I've been reporting to you, and you dismissed. Why?
0: So she was having the same things.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what she did. She went back. She's now a change specialist. She sent me an email last night and said, I really want to work with you, and I sent one back going, I can't ethically do that Mm -hmm. until this situation is cleared up because I don't want to be the person throwing petrol onto your fire.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: let's put the fire out first. Yeah. So, you know, some people we get to work with, some people we don't, whatever is going on in your world, we're going to be honest with you.
0: So do you ever collaborate with anyone in traditional healthcare though? Like do yeah. you, do and do they collaborate with you? Like, definitely. Do you so, do? So that does happen. So th- uh, yeah. that's what I was wondering just because because I, I kind of wish we could all work together, Magic. Like, you know, I work in traditional healthcare, and there's really good things about traditional healthcare, too. And you're not saying that there isn't. But, you know, you got to do what works for you. And as a patient, um, you know, you have to be empowered yeah. enough to find the right fit for you, right? Um totally. But I, I think how great would it be if we could join forces and work together, right, and use our expertise, like it just, it's only, it can only be and so much it. better.
1: Mainstream and, you know, whether you call it alternative or complementary or whatever medicine do not need to be opposing sides. Right. They can work together. And so now with this lady that I said, I can't help. Right. I've said, please introduce me to your specialist. I would love to have a conversation oh, okay. yeah. because she's got a new specialist now. Yeah. And I would love to go through with your permission signed release forms and things your timeline, mm-hmm. so that we can work together on what's going on.
2: Okay. Because so because while these so that's medications, you... yeah, while these
1: medications are in play, I'm not fiddling with that. Okay.
2: Gotcha. <laughs> I just
1: will not. No. Let's and I... you know get that sorted and then look at what is the root cause. And if I can help educate that specialist and work with them, then you know this patient this client will be so much better off right but the thing i can work with this client with at the moment is what she's making this mean and i can teach her how to you know sustain her her health and vigor while she's going through this her mental health Mm -hmm. because that's the biggest thing and maybe i can support the specialist that way go do you know what you've just inherited this I was about to swear them, but I won't. <laughs> You've just inherited this mess that is this client's history and medical history. Let me support you. Let me show you how to get through this by caring for yourself because something I found as a practitioner was I was taking on all these clients' stuff, their emotional stuff, you know. End of the day, I would walk out of my clinic exhausted
0: I was just going to ask you, that was my follow up to all of this was how do you protect yourself from, from burnout? Like really, you're taking on a lot of complex matters, right? That other people are going through and dynamics and traumas and, and things yep. like that. So how do you take care of you so that you can better help them in the way that you're so passionate about because you know what that was like going through it? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So Yeah. So tell me more about that, because I'm sure a lot of practitioners would like to know how to protect themselves.
1: I'm really lucky, as I said, that we're completely remote now at Mm -hmm. Holistic Natural Health. So I work from my home. The other practitioners work from their homes. We collaborate on Zoom. Zoom's been like the greatest thing (laughs) for our business. And so what I do is between clients, obviously I stay hydrated all the time. There's like always a row of water bottles and tea bottles next to me and all in glass, so I'm not taking in any more toxins. But in between clients, I'll play with the cats, I'll play with the kids, I'll go out to my veggie garden in bare feet, you know, even at the moment it's Australian winter and currently it's five degrees Celsius, so it's cold, but I'll still go out in bare feet and do some grounding or I will go and sit on my you know, lounge chair outside with a rug on me and still get some of that winter sun on my face and my arms. And I'll just sit there and I'll watch the birds. I've got a beautiful native garden on one side and veggies on the other. And so I'll face the native garden and I'll watch the honey eaters. And I'll just sit there for like 5, 10, 20, however long I need, however, however many minutes I need. And i watch the honey eaters and I'll watch the bees and i watch the butterflies. And this sounds a bit hippy-dippy, but you know what? The The biggest stress that I've had from the previous client does not exist when I have put myself into nature like that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll be disrupted by a neighbour looking over the fence and wanting to have a chat, and that's okay too yes. because you need that social input and those neighbours I'm not doing what I'm doing all day. So when they're talking about, oh, you know, yeah, we just walked the dogs and we went up to the golf course. We live in like a resort town. So, you know, we went to the golf course and blah, 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 and we went to the club. I'm like, okay, cool, that's, that's good. That is stopping me from thinking about what last hour's client was, what next hour's client might be, what two hours' time might produce. Yeah. So I, it's really, yeah, making yeah. that time to cut the ties with the heaviness that can be your practice, whether you're in complementary medicine or mainstream medicine, you have to take that time. And if you're working in a clinic and you do have back-to-backs, schedule some time out, five or 10 minutes to go for a walk, do something, take yourself out of the situation.
0: Mm -hmm. I was going to say, like, what do you, what do you say to the person who says, like, I can't work remotely. I don't have that that opportunity to do that, um, you know, who basically says I don't have time because that's a common objection. Do you have a response to that? Yeah,
2: you
1: know what? There's that old saying, make time for your wellness or make time in the future for more illness. You've got a choice. And that's for your mental health as well. Mm -hmm. So if you are working in a clinic, if you think you don't have time, make time, right? there is. No amount of dollars that you can make that can make up for it when you've got chronic illness later.
0: And you've been there.
1: I've been there. Yeah. I had to give everything away, my money, my house, my cars. I had to divorce and leave everything except for what mattered most, which was the kids and the pets. And restart my life because I was chasing the, you know, nice address good things in the house, kids always looking clean, everyone thinking I was everything to everyone else. I was chasing that, Yeah, my business and, you know, accolades for the business, and then I didn't have any health. So what did all that mean? What did the the house and the cars mean if I was given 12 months to live?
0: Yeah, and no one can answer that but you unless they've been there right and exactly
1: but do and, something before you get there ex-
0: exactly yeah and that's why i can tell you're so passionate about what you do because you had to put the work into living your life and get, reclaiming it again um after being told such a terminal like prognosis essentially right I like what you touched on with you know the uh, the distraction of the neighbor um being in nature, you know, sometimes we're so hard on ourselves to go from a negative state to feel like we have to become positive. and it's such a huge extreme from one to the other, especially working in healthcare sometimes and other obviously ob- other professions too, uh, where there's challenges. It can be so hard and then we can get down on ourselves because we're not feeling good, but yet we went through some challenging moments. And I find um, that that's important is to just kind of distract or to reconnect or to ground. And rather than just try to make yourself feel better, because that that's sometimes not the, the easiest thing to do. And then eventually, you know, hopefully that comes right that emotion does change. What do you we're we're almost finished. I'm not going to hold you too much longer, but I, I do want to know, like, what are your your personal and professional values then? Because you kind of touched on it a little bit, I think without saying it um, so much, but can you tell me just kind of what what your values are and what you hold true to yourself personally and professionally?
1: Sure. Personally, you know, my golden values. So things that I will die for are my family. Mm. And the second is my health. So My personal values are do not do anything that is going to put my health in jeopardy or that may mean that my family don't have me. Now, they may sound like the same things, but my family not having me at one stage was just me being there 100% of the time, but psychology, you know, in my brain. Right. (laughs) Early morning, brain's not working. You know, all
0: good, all good. In
1: in a psychology perspective, I wasn't there. I was empty. I was vacuous. The kids would say something and go, uh huh. Mm. They'd go, Did you hear what I said? Yeah. What did I say? No, don't know. Sorry. Not mm. there. So for me now, taking that time to listen to my family is really important, but taking the time to listen to myself is equally as important, Love if not more so. So There's a personal value for me. Being connected to nature is a very high value to me. Why? Because it gives me so much for my health, makes me happy, it's so vibrant and colourful, it sounds beautiful, it smells beautiful. All my senses are excited by nature. I can't get that from Netflix. I can't get that from eating something. You know, I can't even get it from stroking the cat because I'm only, looking at one or two senses so for me nature provides all the input I need for all of those and on the gloomiest of days even here in Australia it's it's winter at the moment and it's pretty cold and it's wet and it's gray and overcast but I can still go outside and see something wonderful and I can still completely connect to myself while connecting with nature Professionally, my highest values are, you know, it's the old Hippocratic oath, first do no harm. Yeah. I really do stand by that.
0: (laughs) I believe you. I'm not going to hurt
1: anyone. Yeah. So, you know, really respecting that everyone has their own journey. And I have to say, I've not seen a client file that doubles up. Having said that, you know, yes, people present with similar issues and certainly with similar conditions or maybe even the same diagnosis but their root cause is always different so I have to show up as best I can and as ethically and sustainably as I can for every single client and that might sound maybe a bit difficult to some practitioners and for some it might be But you've got to remember that a diagnosis or a label, whether you're complementary medicine or mainstream medicine, is just a label. It's a name we have given to a collection of symptoms and the symptoms will arise from a different situation. So for every client that walks in your door of your practice, whether you're remote or you're in a clinic or a hospital or wherever you are, please remember every single person is different. So for me, it's first, do no harm, and secondly, every single person is different. I may have two Crohn's patients in a row. I can guarantee their files are completely different.
0: Yeah. I resonate with that um, so much because I've always felt that, and I saw it all the time in my practice, you'd have two patients with similar diagnoses, similar, um, you know, or based on the diagnoses would have similar, you know, diagnostics that would show similar images and things like that. And they'd be completely different outcomes or different experiences, right? And that's just part of being human. And I think it's important to empower that difference. um, And that's also what kind of brings us together in the end. So thank you so much for being here. Magic, where can people connect with you if they want to reach out to you? And if you have any announcements you want to make, feel free to do that.
1: Thank you. Well, we're on Instagram at Holistic Natural Health, we're also on Facebook, Holistic Natural Health Australia, and on the web, www.holisticnaturalhealth.com.au. Now, all of those have a W in front of the holistic because we treat with holism, the body is a whole. So don't forget to pop that in there and, yeah, jump onto the website and even if you're a practitioner, jump on and book a root analysis call and we'll send you the intake. And, you know, if you're a practitioner and you want to, you know, upskill or up-level what you do, we actually teach the PNEI of trauma. So, you know, we have a lot of avenues. We can hook you up with our innate immunity mentorship that we're part of, um our mentor Dr Stuart Gillespie is wonderful so we can hook you up with further education and you know we need help too as health right. practitioners we need help too we don't know all everything we don't have all the answers and when you're stuck in your own stuff sometimes it's hard to see the way out so you know don't be ashamed to put your hand up and go i need a bit of help because we all do mm-hmm. and i think we need to support each other we all have you know, different skills. And if you haven't delved into root cause, where are your people?
0: Yeah. Love it. Thank you so much, Magic. That was beautiful. Great conversation. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having me.